Welcome to the Campus Christian Fellowship Podcast for the University of Iowa, Iowa State University, and the University of Northern Iowa. I want to read to you a passage that I think you might have heard, uh, let's say at least a dozen times, because it's something that's so common. Love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy or boast, it's not arrogant or rude, it doesn't insist on its own way, it's not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things, love never ends, faith, hope, and love abide these, but of these three, the greatest is love. This passage found in 1 Corinthians 4, uh, mostly verses 4 through 8, but then I skipped ahead a little bit to 13. Um, it's a passage I think we hear all the time at, at weddings, and and man, it's such a perfect picture of love. And I'm in the season right now, if you don't know me, or, uh, or if, if you are just not up to date on, on uh, who I am, I'm... Uh, I'm in this really sweet stage right now where I'm engaged uh, to marry this this, this incredible woman where uh, we're getting married in, in a little less than two months and so we're, we're in this phase right now where we're, we're getting to the final stages of wedding planning. We're starting to uh, to make my home our home since that's where we're going to be living afterwards. Uh, we're, we're in this stage of she's moving over stuff. You know, it's getting really cold around here. So uh, so she's bringing all her summer clothes that she's not going to wear in this, time, in this cold season here in Iowa. And she's bringing them over and we're just kind of storing it in a corner for now. Um, we're, we're starting to, to, um, to kind of fix how we want some things. We're kind of, uh, make, putting up some artwork and putting up some, some photos and kind of making, instead of my house, we're starting to make it our house. It's a really, really, really sweet season. And I, I'm just enjoying every second of it. Um, and we had Abby's bridal shower last weekend and bridal showers are a really interesting thing because it's just a bunch of people saying, Hey, I'm really happy for you. Here's a toaster. And uh, it's just one of those things that I think is uh, is so interesting. But at the, at the essence, the core of it is that is that it's somebody saying, "I value the love that you have, and I want to support you in, in this love that you two people have." And so, whatever I can do to make that that easy, you you've asked for things to make your transition as as a married couple easier. And sometimes that just means I've always wanted a toaster. Uh, and I never got one. So would you buy us a toaster or, um, or, or like, Hey, would you just, uh, um, help us out with, uh, I want to, I want a pl- place for us to put more pictures. So would you, would you get, give us something that can do that? Or would you uh, buy something that we can use as, as a part of our home that we, that we build uh, together? Um, we got just a, a lot of really generous people to be, on our side and to be uh, to be just um, a great support for for us for uh, for us starting a family it's just a really 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 sweet season that we get to be a part of and we are so blessed by this but here's the problem with love here's the problem that uh, that I've been the more I think about love and the more I think about about these things the seasons that love is not perfect love is not all these things that Paul is writing about it so why on earth is Paul writing these things if 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 love is perfect if it's patient and kind it doesn't envy or boast it's not arrogant or rude then why is there so much pain in love why is is there such a hardship when love ends paul ends 
uh, ends his, his rants on what love is by saying love never ends. And, and I don't know about you, but I've seen way too many experiences of love ending. So uh, it's, it's one of those uh, situations that I, 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 I kind of was a little bit confused on what Paul was talking about here. And, and what you have to realize first is, is, that, is that Paul is writing about love, but there's this interesting thing that happens when you are dealing with uh, translating concepts uh, and and words across different uh, multiple centuries and multiple languages is that the Greek language has oftentimes multiple words for one word that we have in English and the English word sometimes has multiple words that is used uh, one word in Greek and so sometimes you have weird different translations you could choose to use one word or one word instead of another one uh, when you make your English translation which is why we have so many different translations of the Bible and why there's not really any one that anybody can specifically say is the definitive form because the definitive form is not in English. The definitive form is the original languages in which it was written in, in the, the Old Testament Hebrew and the New Testament Greek. And, and so there's a lot of a lot of really interesting word studies that you can make. It's why a lot of times I like to focus on words. It's why I think that words are important. It's why I think that even in our most common words, you have to look at why did Paul choose to write this word or why did Jesus choose to say this word instead of this word. It's just, it's odd and different. Why do they choose to translate it in this way? Why did somebody choose to say this word instead of this word? And love is is exactly the the pinnacle of what that that tr- translation difficulty is because love is something that we simply say as love and love encounters all types of love but love is not the same to the Greeks love is different love is is, is a lot of different things and specifically the Greeks think of, of love in four ways and there's a book written by C.S. Lewis it's called The Four Loves if you are interested in, in learning a little bit more about each kind of these loves I highly inc- recommend you just check out this 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 book again it's called The Four Loves it's a uh, it's a it, he goes on, Lewis goes on to explain about what these four loves are. And this first, this first love is called storage. I love the word storage because it sounds like a Viking or it sounds like an orc in the character or in the in the uh, series Lord of the Rings. Storage is just a really uh, a fun word to say. Go ahead, say it out loud. Storage. All right, now look around at all the people that are looking at you. Yeah, it's kind of fun. Um, but storage is just a really really fun word. But storage. It means love. Storage translates to love. But love, in a sense of familiarity, it means uh, something like a parental kind of love. Something that feels natural. Something that just because of a relationship, there is inherently this bond. Uh, it's something that, you know, because of, of, of parenthood, that, um, th- th- that there is sort of that natural bond between a mother and her child, or between a father and a child. But, but storage love is, is, is not this kind of love because... Uh, it's not what Paul is talking about because storage love ultimately is not patient, kind. Uh, lo- storage love is envious. It boasts. It's arrogant. It's rude. It, it does make its own way. It's it's a really, really hard thing. Storage love does not bear all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endure all things. And it, storage love does end sometimes. I am not saying that your, your uh, love that you have with your parent is... Uh, is not love, and I'm not saying that your storage love with your parents uh, is not exactly what you need it to be or want it to be. What I'm saying is that storage love is not what Paul is writing about in 1 Corinthians 13. Storage love is is painful. Storage love does hurt because if storage love or if this storage love was this great kind of love that Paul writes about, then then I wouldn't have the relationship that I currently have with my dad and you might also have a really bad relationship with one of your parents 
Or maybe you don't know your parents. Or maybe you have more than two parents. See, our family lives can be sometimes ruined by so much pain. And so how can you say that storage love is love? When I sit here, I'm telling you, I'm 24 years old, about to turn 25, I'm about to get married, and I don't know that I've ever heard the dad, my dad utter the words, I love you, to me. It's not to say my dad is a bad person. It's just to say that that is a love that is not perfect. It's not what Paul is writing about. That love ends. The next type of love that we might talk about, this is this is one that we use uh, quite often. This is a uh, uh, philia. So philia is is the is the root for Philadelphia, the city of Philadelphia. And if you know the city of Philadelphia, you know that it's the city of brotherly love. That's right. So philia it means some sort of brotherly love. It really means a sort of friendship type of love. Now, this is going to include siblings. Siblings is not included in storage love because uh, there is not necessarily an inherent love for a sibling. There, like there is for a parent. Uh, and, and there is not a, a love that way for them. Siblings are, are equal. Siblings are, are people that, uh, honestly, you don't necessarily choose them. Um, siblings are, are people that uh, when, you, when, when people go off to college or whatever they do to go out the house, people, you, know, you don't necessarily maintain that, rate, that connection. Uh, siblings are, are spanned across multiple years with many different personalities and, and, and many different, uh, different identities and different... Um, likes and likenesses and, and, and specifically with your community groups as well. That's also what this filial love is. It's, it's what CCF is. It's what the church is. It's this, this community that's, that loves one another and they love one another really well uh, sometimes and sometimes they don't. But it's, it's simply saying finding familiar cause and, and trying to, to love people that are also with that similarity. It's, it's a kind of love that is definitely broken because I've lost friends and that love ends. I have lost people close to me because of maybe something I've said or something that happened between us. Or simply that we went to different colleges that were seven and a half hours apart. And we stopped texting each other. That love ends. Or maybe love ends in a different way. I told you I was, I'm getting married in two months. I have a sister that uh, that is not invited to my wedding. And while that is, is very hard to say, it's because we don't have any love between us. And even, I've even invited aunts and uncles that I don't really get to connect with too much, uh, but they are still family and they still deserve at least an invite, even, even if I don't expect them to show up. But I've specifically said I do not want my sister at my wedding because we do not have any kind of love because our filial love ended a long time ago. And I'm sure you have another similar situation. Maybe it's not a sister. Maybe it's not... A, a community group. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it wasn't a high school friend. Maybe something like this was broken recently. But filial love ends. Filial love is not perfect. It is certainly not what Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 13. Next we talk about Eros love. Now Eros love is probably the love that we talk about most often. Eros love is a romantic kind of love. This is a good kind of love. All these are good kind of loves. But Eros love hurts. 
Eros love ends. Eros love is painful. Eros love certainly is not patient and kind sometimes. Eros love does not always bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things. Oftentimes, that Eros love fades away, which is why people end up getting divorced or breaking up. Eros ends often. Eros is a love that Paul is not writing about in 1 Corinthians 13. That is why I really don't like when I hear, uh, and if you want to do it at your wedding or if you had it done at your wedding, that is totally fine. Uh, If you want to talk about love being these things, because these are all great things to strive for in your love. You should be patient. You should be kind. You should not envy your boasts. Shouldn't be arrogant or rude. These are all great qualities for a healthy, successful marriage, especially bearing all things, believing all things, hoping all things, enduring all things, and never ending. These are all ideal qualities for a marriage. But it's just not. And it may be for you. And please, I hope that is the case. Please prove me wrong. But, but what I'm, my, 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 my point is saying is not that Eros love doesn't exist, but Paul is not talking about Eros love. Our Eros love, we should strive to be something better than it is. But we all know cases of romantic love that we have been let short. When I was in college, I was dating a girl, and, and she had been broken by Eros love of somebody in her past because she had been abused and manipulated. And that love ended. That Eros love was broken. That Eros love was far from perfect. And when she graduated a year earlier than me and we couldn't figure out how to make things work and 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 depression was uh, was kicking in inside us and, and we couldn't figure out how to be individuals, let alone be together, then that Eros love ended. And it, it's not unpretty. why I just I don't like hearing it at a wedding because Paul is not talking about Eros love now here's the good news Paul is talking about a much greater love because here's the thing about filial love and Eros love and storage love is that all of these loves implies that there is a need on the part of the lover and the beloved all these loves imply that there is give and there is take That if I'm going to love you with an Eros love, if I'm going to love my wife like an Eros love, then we are going to both have needs. And we are both going to be, need to be needed. Or just be needed, even if you don't need to be. All these loves imply a need on both ends. We are fulfilling something together. That is not what Paul is writing about here. Paul is writing about a love that is so much better for us. Paul is talking about agape love. Every single time that Paul writes love in this passage, Paul says specifically the word agape. And maybe agape is a word that you've heard before, but agape is one of the most beautiful Greek words that there ever will be. Agape might even be the most beautiful word in any language ever because agape is something that is so powerful, that is so potent, that is so uniquely God that it cannot be anything else. So much so that agape is the only word that the only time agape is used is when it is attributed to God's love for us. You and I cannot have agape love. Me and my fiance cannot have agape love. 
Only God can have agape love for us. It is unlike any other kind of love. It is unconditional. It's unselfish. It is patient, kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It's not arrogant. It's not rude. It doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing. It rejoices with the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And this agape love never ends. This is the greatest kind of love there is because agape love will never let you down. And I know you might be thinking when I, when I say that, that I have been let down by God or I have felt like I'm, that maybe that agape love is so perfect because things like cancer exist and things like war exist and the infant mortality rate is still above zero. And how on earth could God love us in this agape way when these things exist? How can this uh, this agape love exist when I per- when we all personally know people who have have died from from things like like uh, like cancer and even just really awful forms of sickness and when people have committed their own lives to suicide. But here's the problem. With, with that is when we reconcile human suffering with the existence of a loving God, what we do is attach a trivial meaning of love and look at things as if man was the center, humans were the center. But the problem with that is that God doesn't exist for man and I don't exist for other people or I don't exist for my own sake. But the only thing is that man exists for God. What happens when we say, God let me down because my person got cancer? Well, you're putting that you're putting yourself or your friend at the center, and God is the only one that should ever be at the center. If you say if you say this person died of cancer, and so for that I can't I can't love God, well that is not God's doing, and that is not God's fault. And that does not reflect God's love for you. As I think about love, I'm reminded, and specifically agape love, I'm reminded of this passage. It's John 21. And uh, maybe you've heard this sermon, and maybe you've heard a couple different messages from it. And I I think there, there's a couple different things you can take from this. So uh, so Jesus and Peter uh, have, a, have a conversation. This is uh, uh, John 21, verses 15 through 18. He says, When they finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Simon said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, Feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend to my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. You just said, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you were old, you'll stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. And after saying this, he said to him, follow me. Now, maybe you're piecing it together. The type of love that each of these people are talking about is different. When John is writing this gospel, he makes sure to be intentional about saying that 
there are two different types of love being communicated here. And there is two different ways that you can come across from thinking about this passage. But I'm going to introduce a third way that I believe that maybe this passage is trying to communicate. So the first way that this passage might communicate. So first of all, i got to explain this. Is, uh, is when Simon, every time that Jesus, the first two times that Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? He says, do you agapa o me? It's, it's, a, it's a form of the word agape, and it's, it's a form that means, do you love me in, in, in a specific tense? And so, so P- Jesus says that the first two times. Every single time Peter replies, it's yes, I phileo you. It's I love you as a friend. And the third time that Jesus asks, do you love me? He says, do you phileo me? And that's the part when Peter gets mad and he says, yes, I phileo you. have been saying that. And so the first thing you can, you can take away from this passage is that, is that God is asking for us to love God, at least kind of trying to, to be the way that God loves us in this way that is so grand and so intimate and so unconditional self is so unlike any other kind of love that Peter is not willing to give that and that is why Peter winds up denying Jesus just a couple chapters later maybe that is is your takeaway and there's some really interesting insights in there and I love the messages and themes that could be explored there or maybe maybe you fall into this category if you've had a little bit of training is that is that John tends to tends to interuse these words for love often he doesn't he doesn't necessarily strive for um, for making sure he's consistent with the type of love that he's talking about. But there's one thing that's for sure is that is that he is intentional with agape. And so maybe the words don't actually mean anything. Maybe. Maybe Peter's actually responding agape. But John doesn't record it. He records it differently. And that's where I want to come across with this third, ver- this third way of interpreting it. I think both are right. I think so. I think that John uses these words interchangeably. I think he, he uses them in a way that we can say that, uh, that there's not really any message to, to that. But I think there's also a way uh, for us to also reconcile that, that type, that, that Peter is not loving Jesus in the same way that Jesus is asking Peter to love him, in the same way that Jesus loves Peter, in the same way that God loves us. Because maybe this is the point, is that Peter or humans in general are not capable of loving God in this way. Because this agape love is something that humans are not, are not able to do because it's patient, it's kind, it's perfect, it endures all things, it never ends. And we don't know a love like that, but it is all the love that God gives for us. It is the only kind of love that God is capable of giving us. And maybe, maybe the point is that mankind will always fail in loving God in this way, but God will never. And we will definitely fail at loving one another in an agape way. The best we can do is store Drophilia or Eros, and we can try to do them to our best ability and make them look like agape, but we will never be able to agape love other people. And we won't even be able to agape love God, but God cannot do anything but agape love us. Because the problem with all those other types of, of, of love is that love always demands something in return. 
or it has an expectation attached to it. I expect that from my wife that, that she is going to love me and be faithful with me and with nobody else. I expect that things, I expect that we're going to share a bank account. I expect that we're going to sleep in the same bed almost every night. Only nights that we are distant in city for, for work or for, for family travels or for some reason. That should be the only time. But there is an expect there there's all these expectations attached to these other kind of loves. But God has no expectations except to love him back in whatever way that we can, even if it is Phileo love. God wills for our good, and our good is to love Him. And to love Him, we must know Him. And if we know Him, we should and will fall on our faces. And if we don't, that only shows that what we are trying to love is not yet God. Because God's love for us is perfect. It is all these things that Paul writes about in 1 Corinthians 13. It is absolutely that. But there is no way that that love can be the love that we experience with one another. It is only the love that we can receive from God. And so when we're looking at these things like love, we can't attribute those other things to God because what is not perfect is not God. So your filial love, your eros love, your storage love, all these loves with cancer, war, infant mortality, with divorce, with shame, with broken relationships with family member, the relationship I have with my dad, with my sister, the relationship I had with my ex-girlfriend, these are all not perfect because they are not agape and they are not coming from God. I think whenever we talk about love, we have to ask this question. What do you really love? And how do you really love? How can you do better to strive for agape? And maybe all that means is understanding truly how great God's love is, especially in comparison to any other kind we of love we have known before. Hey, thanks for checking us out and spending some time with us this week. Quick reminder, if you're a student at Iowa State, University of Northern Iowa, or University of Iowa, we would love to connect you with a campus minister. So reach out to ccf.uiowa at gmail.com and we will make sure we get you connected. Be sure to specify your school in an email. Additionally, if you have questions about anything you've heard today or anything that's on your mind, we would love a chance to answer that here anonymously. So you can also just drop a line there. Again, that is ccf.uiowa at gmail.com. We hope you have a great week and please know that we are praying for you.